0: Hello and welcome to Omens and Epiphanies. I'm Grace and I'm going on a journey. I hope you'll join me. Today we're talking about the 10th card of the Major Arcana, the Wheel of Fortune. So this is a great time to go get that card and come back with a hot cup of tea, maybe a journal, I don't know, and get cozy. If you're driving, just drive, (laughs) focus on that. Um, the number 10 in numerology is about post completing your achievement of the goal. So you've already achieved the goal and you can just kind of sit in this glory and then you start moving towards rebirth. 10 is a zero and a one, which adds up to one again, which restarts our cycle. Um, this is the start of a new thing, but it's, it's that, it's really that time in between the wheel of fortune in the fool's journey is where the fool recognizes his destiny. I have three cards with me today. I have the Wheel of Fortune from the Lightseer's Tarot, the Sun Moon Tarot, and the Animal Totem Tarot. In the Sun Moon Tarot, um, there's one main gear in the middle of the card. It has a sphinx, a monkey, and an alligator in some way touching that wheel. There's also in the middle the letters T, A, R, and O alternating with Hebrew letters, which we'll talk about, I promise. And then um, around that gear, there's a, third, a second gear, and then on top and bottom, there's a third and fourth gear respectively. So it's part of that, that cog of time. At the top of the card is the Hebrew letter calf, which is palm or strength. The animal totem tarot has a ladybug hanging from a chain in a grapevine. You can see the grapes and the leaves and the vines. Underneath the ladybug is that same symbol, T A R and O, with um, the Hebrew letters as well. And then there's this really cool symbolism of um, a line. There's four total lines, and it looks like it's a circle, two zigzags, which maybe might be water, um, a triangle, and a I don't know. It looks like the letters IOC if I turn it sideways, but it's, it's upright. And then in the Lightseer's Tarot is a female um, on top of a bunch of spinning plates. It looks like each of these spinning plates is that same T-A-R-O, but this time the arrows in the center are um, all kind of the same. They're, um, they're a, line with a triangle on the end of it. There's varying differences of stylization, but they're all about the same. There's four dots where the Hebrew letters are in the other cards. And there's four of these plates all kind of stacked on top of each other, sort of cattywampus. She has a set of dice, um, like the fuzzy dice you would see in the 70s or the 80s on the mirrors of the cars, those big ones that are have a string in between them. And her head is thrown back in joy as she does tree pose on top of these spinning plates. From her left hand comes some dark energy and from her right hand comes some light energy. There's also the symbols, um, there, there's also the alchemical symbols for fire, water, air, and earth in the sky behind her with some circles around them, which I hadn't seen before I actually started this episode. I love seeing new things. I've always personally seen this card as like an anything can happen card. I've always sort of left it up to that anything can happen. Um, the amount of research that I did on this card actually has kind of changed that for me. And so I want to talk about that, but first let's talk about the symbols and what the books say this card is. So first of all, there's a train going by, but I don't think you can hear it. So we're going to (laughs) continue. Um, first of all, Tarot 101 says that the wheel itself, these, these turning plates or these gears are about change movement and cycles. Any hands you see are the hands of fate. None of the three cards in front of me specifically have a hand in them, but if yours does, it's the hand of fate. And then there's these figures on the outside of the wheels. The ladybug, the sphinx, the monkey, the crocodile, and the girl are all um, circumstances out of our control. And then you'll also see frequently the seasons or the zodiac symbols on these. um, Those are about perpetual change of time. And... The sun-moon tarot specifically says that the monkey is a flexible uh, force and the crocodile is a creative force. So you're creating a, a future and you're being flexible about what it looks like. Now, here's some really interesting things that I didn't know. So in Hindu philosophy, there's three gunas. Darkness, inertia, and ignorance. Energy, fire, and activity. Calm, intelligence, and pass- passive <laughs> passivity. The... Um, Sphinx is one of those three, is representing one of those three. Um, the Sphinx in these cards is probably representing the calm, intelligence, and passivity. But there's also frequently Anubis, which is a monkey or jackal-headed figure. It's been sort of changed over the centuries, but it used to be that jackal-headed figure. Um, I don't know which one that's representing. Probably hmm, energy, fire, and activity. That seems like a like a monkey-like thing to do. And then Typhon was a serpent. And I might be saying that wrong. If you want to correct me, email me. <laughs> Nobody's emailed me yet. So I think I'm doing right. But I might not be. Um, which I would assume is the f- is the last one. Darkness, inertia, and ignorance. But I don't actually know. So that's what Tarot 101 um, brings to the table here about those. And um, they say that this card is about risk, fate, and chance. And they say, quote, If we continue to revolve on the outside of the wheel, we will get dizzy. Suffer and get caught up in everything. This card advises us to accept the constant change around us and accept our own changes, but also to find the still, silent center that enables us to stop. And that brought to mind that very dangerous uh, playground toy where you would have somebody spin (laughs) um, what we would call a merry-go-round, but I think it's different depending on where you live. And um, you... (laughs) You would be either, if you were on the outside, you could get to the point where you could lean back and almost hit the person who's spinning it. Or you could sit in the center, nice and calm, cross-legged. That's what we're kind of going for when we come to things that are changing in our lives, is just to be calm and accept that that's happening. The more we try to fight it, the crazier it's going to feel. So when... Um, on that same merry-go-round, if we were to like stick our feet out and try to slow down the merry-go-round, that could be very, very dangerous. That's why that's one of the reasons why this toy got taken out of a lot of um, a lot of playgrounds in my area, <laughs> or I don't know, in the U.S. because it's dangerous. But if you just sit in the center, eventually it'll slow down. Things can't keep spinning forever, and you'll have that freedom. This is why I do this. (laughs) I'm right now going through this crazy time. I don't know if anybody, I don't know who listens to this, but hi. I am currently a math teacher and I'm feeling so disrespected by society and... I'm realizing how disposable I am. I'm just another math teacher. There's a million of us. Um, I It's fine if I, if I catch COVID and die as long as students are in school and learning and not being depressed. Um, and it's just hurting me. I know that's not always the case. And not everybody feels that way. And I'm very important to every single student that I teach. But I'm feeling like I need to step away from teaching. And it's causing me to have this terrified frustration of like, what else am I going to do? And then last week on TikTok, because, you know, hashtag TikTok, I posted a call for resumes because I love, I love editing, writing, critiquing resumes. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I got hundreds of responses. And so I started critiquing them and people are like, hey, can I pay you to fix mine? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's $30. And they were like, no, (laughs) $30 is too cheap know your worth. And so, I've been like literally today, I was like, why am I doing this podcast? First of all, um I've had a maximum of 10 listeners and I think one of those is me. I don't know how I don't know how Podbean counts my listenership. But having having <laughs> having this um talk to me in the exact week that I need to about calm, being calm, finding the center of the hurricane right now or the center of the merry-go-round and just being calm and letting everything happen is is huge (laughs) and okay i got it i get it that's why i'm here so anyways to carry on um alistair crawley our favorite person especially since last freaking episode where we learned all about him um well we didn't learn about he keeps popping up I don't really want to give him... Oh, no, that was two episodes ago. Okay, so from two episodes ago, you'll remember that the, um, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, we spoke about Aleister Crowley a lot. Well, in his paper, Liber Alf de Natura, which probably means like... I don't... Actually, I don't know. Um, he says, quote, The Sphinx is thus a glyph of the satisfaction and perfection of the will and the work. The completion of the true man as the reconciler of the highest with the lowest so for our convenience conventionally to distinguish them this then is the adept who doth will with solid energy as the bull doth dare with fierce courage as the lion doth know with swift swift intelligence as the man and doth keep silence with soaring subtlety as the eagle or dragon moreover the sphinx is an eidolon of the law For the bull is life, the lion is light, the man is liberty, and the serpent is love. Now, you might recognize that there's four things happening here. This actually becomes part of those four four suits that we see in the tarot. Air being um, swords, which is about the statement to know. That's coming from man. Fire is wands, which is to will. Uh, which he relates to the bull. Water is cups, which is to dare. Now, it says it's lion, but the serpent was love, and love is cups, and I'm confused, but it's fine. And then earth earth or pentacles is to be silent, which is the eagle. Eagles are very rarely silent as far as I hear, but it's fine. Crawley also identifies the sphinx, which is both beast and human, as somebody who has fully integrated all aspects of themselves. So this is why the Sphinx is part of this. Um, I just thought it was kind of like an Egyptian thing, but it really does have a lot to do with this. Um, The Sphinx also takes place, I think, in Oedipus, Oedipus Rex, which is the Greek story of a family who receive a prophecy that their son is going to murder the father and marry slash, you know, do the mother. And so because of this prophecy, they send him away. He's adopted into a new family. He does not know the prophecy um, I I feel like they tell him eventually, but overall he doesn't know the prophecy. Well, OK, so one day he's traveling and he comes across a man, he gets in a fight with him, he murders him. Great. Step one of the prophecy has been fulfilled because he thinks his father is the person who is um, raising him. But that was the man who actually fathered him. And from some turn of events, it's been since college, since I took Greek mythology. And I didn't I didn't read up on this before my podcast. and I am so sorry. Um, He ends up falling in love with a woman who is the murdered man's wife. And yes, that's his mother. Once he realizes this, I don't know, deception or whatever makes him mad, he ends up plucking his eyes out so he can never look upon um, his mother with lust again. And so he thus fulfills the prophecy because of the prophecy. Without the prophecy, it might not have happened. And that's why today I'm going to talk about free will. But first, <laughs> let's talk about those letters on the wheel because it's very they're very common. Now, I always thought that because it's T-A-R-O-T, like if I continue, it spells out the word tarot, but the Sun Moon Tarot um, explains that you could have a lot of different options from here. One is rota or wheel. One is tarot without the T, which is just tarot. One is orat, or to speak, like if we orate. One is Torah, which is the Jewish law. And the last one's Ator, which is an Egyptian goddess of life. Uh, Tara 101 says, quote, some interpreters have connected the four elements, the four suits, and even the four holy letters in the (laughs) tetragrammaton, which is the fourfold name of God. And as luck would have it, I actually came across a post in a Facebook group that actually talked about this, and so I took a screenshot of it. Um, so somebody in the, I think it's Tarot Nerds group, but of course I didn't take a picture of that. Um, says the letters Y H V H Yod Hey Fay Hey, which is not yeah which are the four Hebrew letters around the outside, do not spell out a Jehovah or a sacred name of God. They're called the Tetragrammaton in Greek, pronounced um, Adonai in Hebrew. And they're an abbreviation meaning he who causes to be or the name of God supplied to Moses translated as I am what I am. So now that we've established this, um, (laughs) what all these symbols mean, we can get into free will. Mama Moon's book of magic says, quote, nothing is set in stone. If the reading tells you something you don't like the sound of, you have the power to change the outcome. So I'm trying to get into what what we believe in the spiritual realm about free will. Um, and then as my mother says, because <laughs> she's a reader, um, she's been reading since before I was born. She's. She says, um, "This." She says something like, "This is just the most likely outcome." But if you walk out of that out of the store and you turn left instead of right, it could be a completely different reading. So, keep that in mind. Um, and then it's gonna be a short episode. Sorry, sorry if you're used to like thirty minute episodes. Um, and then I was looking at what we feel about free will, um, specifically in Wiccanism, and I found a Um, a YouTube video called Crash Course Literature 409 Free Will, Witches, Murder, and Macbeth (laughs) with John Green presenting the information, which of course I had to watch. And so um, he says, quote, all of us would like to know if our future is fated or our will is free. In some way, Macbeth learning his, sorry, in some way, Macbeth learning his future seems to change his future. Like, was he going to be king before he found out that he was going to be king? Now, okay, I'm going to be super honest with you. I know Greek mythology more than I know Shakespeare, (laughs) even though I should know Shakespeare a little bit more than I do. Um, If I remember correctly, Macbeth, um, Macbeth was like told by witches some prophecy and he tried to, um, he tried to stop the prophecy and knowing the prophecy and trying to stop is actually what made the prophecy happen, just like Oedipus. OK, so sometimes knowing what's about to happen changes the future. Um, so uh, the, he continue. John continues, quote, after all, it's not the prophecy that did the damage. It's the believing of the prophecy. And um, he explains, quote, a covenant which is objected to. Oh, this is real life now. So that was Shakespeare writing. OK, now. It has been rumored for a long time in the community, um, not the witchcraft community, the the theater community, that if you say the word Macbeth while on stage, which ah, I think that actually counts for this, too, because I'm technically like in a stage. Um, But if you say that the play will be ruined. It'll be people will die. There's actually a whole study on <laughs> a whole sequence of things that have happened in the past. So what the what the explanation is is that a coven of witches objected to the sh- to uh, sorry to Shakespeare using real incantations. So they put a curse on the play according to fake folklore. And I actually learned this from RSC.org.uk slash Macbeth slash um the Scottish play because they use the word, the Scottish play instead of Macbeth. So that way they can talk about it without feeling like there might be a curse placed on them. Now in Hamilton, he actually was very brave and used the word um, Macbeth in the play. And that was um, kind of revolutionary. Just like the fact that a Broadway play was put straight into our televisions during a pandemic. So I think that's really exciting. (laughs) Where do I stand on, um, on free will and prophecy and all that. So I I do believe in the power of suggestion. I believe that we manifest what we're looking for. And I believe in this fact that sometimes there's like a, oh, what's it called? There's It's called something bias, confirmation bias. Okay. Um, it also could be some form of, form of confirmation bias. So if I, let's just pretend like, um, oh, let's talk about real life for a second. <laughs> If I ask a tarot reader if my business of um, helping people with their resumes is going to be fruitful, okay, let's just say that that's the question. Right. There's a couple options here. First of all, they could tell me no. Right. They could say, no, it's not going to be fruitful. And then I will give up on it and therefore it will not be fruitful. Right. They could tell me, yes, I could from that, yes, give it my all. I could dive right in, I could build myself a website, I could um, search for clients, and I could cause it, therefore, I could cause it, therefore, to be fruitful. The alternative is that I take that yes, and I go, perfect, (laughs) it's just going to happen anyways, I don't need to do anything about it. I get complacent, I don't do anything about it, and then... I don't know if it works or not, right? It probably won't work if I don't put the hard work in. So that's why when somebody comes to me, a tarot reader, with a yes or no question, I always follow it up. I might answer their question, yes or no, but I will almost always follow it up with a, so you have to do this, or but you have to do this. That way, they don't have that confirmation bias or they don't give up because I said no, right? I don't want that to have a... I don't want them to have, I don't want that to be a um, a bane on their existence. Now, I also could say no and they could say, what do you know? I'm going to make it happen anyways, right? So I guess there's a version where I say no or a tarot reader tells me no and then I just prove them wrong because they want it to be so badly. So what I'm going to say is that rather than turning our attention to divination in order to know the future or to to figure out what's going on. I want to take the free will into our own hands and I want to manifest the world that we desire. So I want to be successful in something outside of teaching. (laughs) I want to try my hand at not being in a classroom. I want something that gives me um, uh, the feeling of being respected, of the feeling of helping people. And I want to educate still. I just don't want to educate in public schools. So educating people on what a good resume looks like, educating people on what a good interview looks like, that would be perfect for me because that would do my education section and also my, my surprising love for resumes, which I would just, who just loves resumes. Like it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Um, so if you're a tarot reader, be very careful when somebody asks you a yes or no question, try to figure out what your answer could be that could actually help them, right? So if somebody says, hey, is my business going to be successful? Say, you know what? I would rather do the question, what can I do to make my business successful? If somebody comes to you and says, is this relationship gonna work out? Say, I would rather ask, how can I make this relationship work? If you are, if somebody comes to you and asks, am I gonna get this house? I'd rather say, what can I do to get this house? Or what am I looking for in a in a home, right? So let's rephrase the questions to not be yes or no. And that's why a lot of tarot readers actually stay away from yes or no questions. If you have a question, you can ask a tarot reader and they should be able to help you reframe it. And if you're a tarot reader, try to reframe it because you might be causing the thing that they're asking to come true based on your answer. Because just like the Wheel of Fortune, Anything can happen. This is about risk, fate, and chance. And you just have to find the center, be calm, and let it happen. Find the calm in the center of the storm. Find the spot on the merry-go-round where you don't fly off due to inertia or hurt the person who's spinning you because it's for your own good. <laughs> we don't know why yet, but it's for your own good. I've learned so much. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I hope you have a beautiful week. I am feeling a little overloaded. So I don't know if I'm going to do this every other week or every week, but just keep an eye out and feel, please email me. I'm feeling kind of alone right now. Like I'm just talking to the universe and I would just love to know that there's at least one person out there that I'm helping. So if that's you, if you find enjoyment from my podcast, I would love it if you would reach out. You can email me at omensandepiphanies at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Omens and Epiphanies. I use the and symbol in my name. You can find me at Twitter at Omens Epiphanies because Twitter took away the at. And you can find me on TikTok at Omens and Epiphanies if you'd like. So I hope you have a beautiful day. And I hope you'll join me next time for card number 11. Justice, not strength. Have a great day. Bye.